0: How's everyone going? How's everyone doing? Um, for all those who don't know who I am, I am the president and founder of Mogo Productions. Over the last three years, we've been building Mogo to revolutionize film and entertainment industry. We have now launched our platform, funded our first film, and many more announcements about that to come. Our development team have been uh, working very hard to launch our platform where all our moguls will be able to engage in many different actions, bring you behind the scenes to be a part of the script to screen process of Hollywood, uh, where we will be launching some amazing new blockchain products such as mogul smart wallet and our new NFT marketplace. Today, we're kicking off our product launches with the proof of origin event featuring Rob Pryor, who is a well-known storyboard artist whose work you recognize in many of your favorite comics, movies, and games. We hope that you will enjoy the event today and with that, let's welcome Rob. Hey Rob, you're on mute right now so you oh. got to unmute yourself. <laughs> there we go. How you doing Good today? I'm great. I'm ready for this. Excited, nervous, a little bit of both.
1: I'm the, always both. Anytime I, time I go live anywhere,
0: I, I'm horribly nervous. It, <laughs> All good. It helps. For sure. So I'll just do a quick introduction of uh, Rob. So Rob is a man of the hour. He's extremely talented, um, known for his ability to paint with both hands. Uh, he's worked with Marvel, DC Comics, as well as celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Britney Spears, Stan Lee, and a lot more. Rob's recently also directed his first movie that will be coming out soon called *Painted Beauty*. It's been much anticipated by all his fans, and uh, he's also working on his two other films, uh, *Bunker 17* and *Talon*. Uh, Rob is also an advisor with Mogul. Uh, so with that, um, I'll see when uh, James is going to pop on here. Uh, well, Great
2: to see you guys. <laughs>
0: So welcome to our very own James, who's our spokesperson and member of the film team at Mogul. He'll be emceeing the event today. James did the first ever real estate auction for Bitcoin in 2019. So we're now happy to have him join us to do the first ever Mogul NFT auction. James is an actor, producer, director. His new movie Malibu Crush that many of you have seen on our showcase is in post-production phase and um, ready to be released soon. So that's something definitely interesting. Uh, we're
2: looking forward to. Thanks, Lisa. Yeah, and I'm really excited to uh, to just have an informative chat today because we've got Rob uh, painting, uh, unveiling three NFTs, including uh, Star Wars, Deadpool. You'll be painting Deadpool, revealing Star Wars, and two others, which we can uh, reveal as we go. But I think it's just a great way to uh, to talk about NFTs. We've got some really good guests as well coming in as well.
0: Awesome, and. Um... We will be capping off the event with Rob burning his own piece of Wolf of Wall Street artwork called The Reign of Money. And we will unveil this as an NFT where it will only live on, on the blockchain. The NFT will also include the or- origin of this painting, make it truly verifiable as original.
2: Yeah, and I think that's the the point of difference with anyone tuning in today is... We're going to get to see Rob in action, but we're also going to get to see the Proof of Origin coming in too, which is a rare thing as well. Rob's going to be obviously painting and, uh, and having the NFT, and then we're going to watch him destroy it, which uh, could be fun as well.
0: Yeah. So Rob will be painting uh, Deadpool painting during the event. We'll check in with him throughout uh, the process, and he'll be unveiling the works of art that will be exclusively auctioned as NFTs on mogul. Um, So this uh, will actually be the first time this has ever been done. Not even Banksy have burned his own painting and unveiled it as an NFT. So we're really looking forward to that.
2: Yeah. And for anyone that's just joined us as well, the uh, the sort of the formula is going to be there's going to be panels. And then we're going to cut back and have a look at Rob's work, have a bit of a chat with Rob, then cut back to the panels. And really top tier guests as well, Lisa. I mean, we're, we're talking with the best from the Hollywood side, the best from the blockchain side. And so I think there's something there, whether you're just getting into NFTs or you're actually wanting to do a deep dive, there's something there for everyone.
0: For sure. So this is uh, one of our first of many events that we'll be doing for our community. Uh, we hope that you, will, you guys will all enjoy this. And um, with that, let's kind of focus on uh, Rob getting into this Deadpool painting and then following that to the first panel.
3: That sounds
4: fantastic. Let's go. Away from it up like a blind man. sound of things, but it don't work. Keep coming me. up with love, but it's so flash <laughs> and torn. <laughs> Shut yeah. has got a lineup here for us now for anyone that's just joined us this is the
2: uh the future of nfts in emerging industries and we've got four really interesting people to uh to have a chat with again this is where we can dive a little bit deeper into uh nfts into emerging industries welcome gentlemen thank you very much for uh for joining us
1: thanks for having us on yeah glad to be here
2: happy to be here what, what i thought i might do guys is Maybe we just uh, start off with you, Andy, and just work our way through. Where you might just mention a little bit about the industry you're in, uh, a little bit about NFTs in your industry, and quick snapshot in a, a couple of minutes.
5: Hi, I'm Andy um, from Singapore. So I'm uh, the board member, uh, advisory board member for Hyundai DAC, also the um, uh, this um, chief um, digital advisor for the Mongolian. Uh, productivity organization. So, I'm now in Singapore, literally stuck in Singapore. Um, I think um, you know the NFT scene here is uh, is uh, very vibrant. You know, we we have sold uh, some of the uh, highest um, price NFT. You know, in in Singapore, and uh, I do see many other students and a lot of other art galleries are uh, embarking on the uh, NFT journey right now. So. Very, very uh, bullish, you know, on, on on my end.
2: Thanks, Andy. Ty, okay. we might uh, we might just jump quickly to you as well to uh, a bit of an intro as well. But that was great, Andy. Thank you.
1: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so uh, my name is Ty Blackard. I'm the COO at Nifty Labs, and uh, primarily what we're doing uh, at Nifty Labs is essentially allowing uh, creators, brands, you know, influencers, companies to not only create utility for their NFTs, but also manage that utility. Um, we actually are launching uh, our second uh, update for our platform this weekend, um, and it actually is is fully functional. Um, and so we've actually worked with a lot of different, um, you know, case studies to essentially uh, create new utility uh, for NFTs, and that's where we believe the industry is going. Um, we believe that uh, NFTs don't stop at uh, digital art, but uh, expand beyond that, so.
2: That's great. I might have a uh, follow up question for you in a moment, Ty, just off that. Uh, Jared, love to hear uh, a little bit about the industry you're in and just tell us a little bit about how how NFTs are a part of that.
3: Thanks, James. Uh, Hi, everyone. My name is Jared. I'm the owner and founder of Win Solutions, former to this. I was a senior vice president at Binance working in the charity and philanthropy sector. Um, With Win Solutions, we are a growth hacking marketing agency that works with a number of different blockchain projects and helping them to reach target audiences and so forth. So the NFT game is pretty near and dear to my heart. A lot of the clients that I work with are operating in that segment as well. So uh, we perform a lot of marketing activities or different types of campaigns and things of that related to NFTs. So excited to be here and chat about this. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, Phil, over to you.
6: Hi, uh, good morning from Hong Kong. You can see Dawn is just coming up. Uh, Andy, I feel your pain. (laughs) Um, I'm the chief marketing officer of a company called Leprechaun. We're a a hyper casual uh, games company. Uh, We just recently launched our own private Ethereum uh, side chain, which is Gasless, uh, to act as a platform for gaming. NFTs are really important to us because actually just as a derivative of the entire blockchain industry and and what it can do and how that is changing um uh, uh gaming from the most casual to 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 the most epic games um the uh, the outcome of blockchain meeting uh the gaming industry is immense In fact player owned economies rather than uh, uh publisher owned economies and just a simple idea that you could spend 5 years getting strong enough to kill that big Uh, that that big bad monster and then when you come out of it you actually own the loot um, in the form of nfts that is uh, uh, a fundamental shift which we're just at the start of so i'm also nft is one of my favorite subjects i'm also very happy to be here yeah that's
2: fantastic phil nice uh, background by the way as well Uh, i thought i well i turned it around when dawn is coming up so i thought i'd (laughs) turn it around and give you a view it's great i i think ty you touched on a really great point which is NFTs are quite popular in art, but there's other sectors as well, or other industries that could really benefit from NFTs. I thought, you know, just lending on that, I mean, if we kind of went around the room again, um, just to get each of your own opinion on where you guys think maybe NFTs could be better utilized or industries that might be emerging for NFTs that aren't actually popping right now. So maybe I'll, I'll start
3: with Jared. Sure, you know, I, I feel that NFTs, it wouldn't- I always try to take a little bit of a step back and think about the psychology of why it is that NFTs have the craze that they are right now, aside from the media and everything else kind of pumping them at this point. And when when you think about NFTs, the thing that really drives that in, that human nature is the scarcity that comes with it. Everybody wants something that makes them unique. Everybody wants something that makes them otherwise admired and have something that nobody else has. And until now, you know, there's counterfeits and all sorts of other things that are otherwise going to prevent you know that type of that scarcity I might have a Folex on and you might not even know it but to have a real Rolex that is verifiable through code or technology that's kind of the frontier that we're on now and when I think to my children and like what really drives them Fortnite is a perfect example and I feel like the gaming industry esports that is going to be a very huge new embarking for the NFT industry in my opinion where you know everybody wants to have something that nobody else has and be able to represent themselves on their avatar in a way that nobody else can to show that I've done this or I earned this and this is my uniqueness that nobody else can have so in my opinion I feel that nfts really drive scarcity and in the crypto space I think it's kind of a natural environment for nfts to thrive because if you think about what drives crypto you know the the 21 million the scarcity of uh any type of economy that otherwise can't be inflated, that's hard coded, is something that drives everybody to this space, knowing that the the low amount of something is going to drive demand and drive price accordingly. And it's very similar of a nature that comes with NFTs. So I think that if we take that same type of mentality or that same mindset and apply that towards the gaming industry, that's where I think that there's going to be the next lowest hanging fruit, and you also have a very different technical caliber of users, um, where gamers, you might think are a little bit techier than the next average person. Um, So that's, in my opinion, where I think the next frontier is going to be. And I I think that you know we have some gamers on this panel that might be able to chime in their two cents to add on to that.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm waiting for your answer there too, Phil. Maybe you want
6: to jump in off the back of that as well. Um, uh, That is a perfect lead into something that is one of my favorite things to point out. The gaming industry should be the first killer on-ramp for mainstream adoption of blockchain in all its formats. And the reason for that is because gamers, one of the problems with blockchain is the, is is fantastic product productization, not great marketing, because, you know, uh, if someone else says, oh, I've launched another DeFi farm, it's gonna to lead to mainstream adoption, and we all go, yes, we've heard that before. Um, but gamers understand certain terms. They may not know what a cryptocurrency is, but they know what an in-game currency is. They may not understand wallets, but they understand in-app purchases, And they may not understand NFTs, but they understand sort of special items and power-ups, the things, the important things. So there is a conversant language that a bit of marketing, I say this as a marketer, where you actually, where the mountain, (laughs) where Hammer goes to the mountain and actually takes the capabilities and the functionality of of blockchain, of NFTs, and puts it in a language that a particular market segment understands, which in this case, uh, we're talking about gaming, then you actually can get people going. Oh, that has utility for me. That makes my life better. Um, uh, uh, so yes, yeah, so gaming I think is, uh, is should be the low hanging fruit to actually adapt blockchain, adapt NFTs in a way that has usage. And, and think about it this way: an NFT once it exists in your wallet, we've obviously the news has been about art. There was that rather large sale of a Beeple piece. But, you know, uh, an NFT could be proof of status. It could be proof you're a member of a guild in a game, for example. It can be uh, um, there's so many. It exists. They're programmable. I mean, one of the other things now is, you know, people being able to adapt the, the, the NFTs that they have and, and develop and, and, and make them unique themselves. There's so many ways in which that could apply to a gaming environment. Yeah, and
4: I,
2: I think you're we're, we're moving at a great pace because everyone's speaking the same language. Uh, later on in this particular proof of origin, we're going to have a chat with some of the the head, head well, I guess the head honchos in the the film side, and it's going to be really interesting to see their take as well on some of these new ways in which NFTs can be structured into different industries. Um, Ty, I thought I'd kind of segue back a little bit just to the original question, not so much gaming, but just more. Your kind of feel on where you think the next big NFTs could be going outside of, say, the art industry?
1: Yeah, this is actually one of my favorite questions. Um, I I wrote a little bit on um, kind of using NFTs in the subscriptions industry. Uh, Not too many people are really uh, discussing uh, NFTs being utilized in like subscription economies. You know, imagine, you know, when you get your Netflix subscription, you're not just paying a service and getting nothing back in return. Um, and besides obviously the subscription service right there's there's more to uh, how we can develop this um, and there's also issues with current subscription models uh, There's security risks uh, you know in, in containing data uh, relevant to the customers and those databases can be um, you know uh, essentially corrupted or, or you know hacked in some former uh, cases uh, there's issue with like privacy concerns obviously um, you know when you have to take your debit or credit card information your, your home address all this information. Uh, to essentially acquire a subscription service, that's, you know, that shouldn't be the case. Um, and so subscriptions uh, is, is where I think a lot of these uh, NFTs are, are going. And what it also does is it introduces the ownership economy, which is a, a very fond, uh, you know, buzz phrase uh, being used a lot right now. But essentially what it means is uh, no longer uh, are the consumers or, you know, collectors or or subscribers um, you know, simply getting a service uh, for a payment, they're able to actually also capture some of the upside um, in a brand, company, enterprise, etc. So now you're introducing another layer, um, which, of course, is that ownership economy. So I think subscriptions is definitely going to get disrupted highly. And, and we are all, actually we're already seeing a lot of this development with some case studies that we have uh, with some partners uh, and some enterprises. So they're they're totally down for it. It gives their consumers uh, an added uh, interest uh they get to keep like the nft the digital collectible um and with our product you can actually set up things like uh you know gates that expire after a certain amount of time uh and you can like you know automatically airdrop new tokens or you can you know require uh, them to buy a new one so that's what i think yeah i think that's great tie uh andy i'd love to kind of get your sort of
2: snapshot as well just on the original question i mean which is an industry that you think is going to be basically pushing ahead or the next big thing in the NFT side?
5: Yeah, I think this is a great, great question because uh, when I started writing my book in 2018, you know, when I tell people about NFTs, they were just uh, laughing it off, you know. But imagine right now, you know, three years after, you know, things have changed a lot. So I think I offer a slightly different view um, uh, from from the rest of the panelists is that we do see that, uh, you know, the movie, the art scene, uh, maybe the subscription and the gaming scene, these are all picking up. But the, the more the, the more happy part or the things that I've encountered here in Singapore is that you have seen traditional uh, uh, older folks, you know, coming to me, um, trying to tokenize or NFT, they are, they are collectible. You know, so one, one, of, one of the real examples is um, uh, this is an association where they are they are selling coins, uh, all the ancient coins, ancient notes and so forth. Right now, at this current moment, they, they are changing their business model. Uh, putting the nft on top of this or this collectible so seeing uh, the traditional market entering into this sort of a digital nft space um that that that, that feeling is a lot different you know as compared to you know gamers uh, adopting uh, you know uh, adopting nfts or getting used to nfts the traditional market is also there doing a lot of uh, good decent work uh, and 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 I, I think in the next uh, uh, three months or so, you know, you could see a lot more of that, you know, uh, running running in the at least in the Singapore and Malaysia space. Um, yep. Yeah, so that, that's how I see it, man.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Did any of you guys have any uh, follow-up points you wanted to kind of mention just on that? Because I think I think everyone's speaking the same language on the side of obviously gaming is something that's very big, but it's obviously rapidly moving as well in other sectors. And that kind of enthusiasm is only going to breed a a great form of product, I think, because everybody wants it to come out fast and everyone wants it to be progressive. Um, I'd love to get your take, Jared, on let's fast forward to three years' time, Uh, specifically in the gaming industry. If I was to say to you what you think the gaming industry looks like with NFTs, I mean, what, what would
3: you throw out there that it might look like? I think that what we'll run into, you know, there's... There's all sorts of fraud issues and everything like that with regards to in-game purchases, where laundering is a factor. And you know you have these economies that are ultimately owned by the, the publishers and owned by Microsoft and PlayStation, these economies that otherwise they kind of set uh, their standards and that's the end of it. Whereas I think that a sense of ownership is going to develop with time, with what's being purchased. It was perfectly mentioned by Ty earlier with respect to you know, when you buy something, you get a digital representation of it, and then there's nothing further. Um, And there used to always be that feeling of like, when you bought a concert ticket or something like that, you got a physical paper stub, you put it, you put it in a scrapbook, something like that, there was something tangible that resulted of it. And perhaps we aren't going to have something of a physical tangibility that comes with these in-game purchases or things of that nature, but at least we'll have something that represents the uniqueness or the scarcity of what it is that we have. And I think like, back to the the psych- psychological element of it we've all seen how especially recently how humans react when it comes to anything of a scarcity uh type of situation You know, the United States ran out of toilet paper and everybody went crazy because it was seen as a basic need. You know, scarcity drives behaviors in ways um, that would not happen in other cases. And people will purchase things just because they know that they'll get a limited amount of it as a result. So I think that to tie back to your question, I feel that the way that these systems operate to guarantee uniqueness and guarantee that you're the sole owner of what this item is and you have something that represents that, um, I think that there's going to be stronger value attached to what's being purchased by end users. And it's going to be less of, I just spent $100 for this stupid outfit in Fortnite, and more of, I spent $100 for this thing that nobody else has, or only 100 other people have, that maybe I might be able to resell for a future value of something greater. And I think that the the extrinsic value of the things that are being purchased are going to have greater values than when perhaps more of a leniency and more of an interest of purchase from the General consumer.
2: Yeah, I agree, and I think it really comes down to that point of difference, as you're saying. If it's a little bit rare, it's going to have a, a slightly different value that people are going to want. Uh, Phil, I'd, I'd love to get your take as well. Being in that game industry, right in the thick of it, let's say three years time from what you're seeing
6: in your side, what do you think? Um, I. Three three years is a lifetime in this business. (laughs) I'm I'm terrified to predict more than six months down the line. Um, uh, Yeah, in terms of really, um, uh, uh, I think it's Jared uh, uh, said it very, very well. um, This monumental shift from publisher-owned to player-owned economies is going to completely upend the relationship that the players of games have with the games that they play. Um, the way people band together, you know, uh, uh, an NFT might be the way that you prove you're in a guild. An NFT might be the key that gets you in the certain room. The, an NFT might give you basically a share of the income that the, a guild makes in a large in-game economy. Um, I, the main thing for me, NF, NFTs can look pretty, but really the main thing for me about NFTs is their utility and programmability, and the fact that uh, you know, at the end of the day, you, you can have you can have a pretty picture that sits that that you can go and look. On OpenSea and say, "Ha, I own that." Um, but what you really want is an NFT that gets you inside a door that other people can't get in, um, and uh, that's the the other thing. Is 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 is? Uh, and this is sort of related. It's also it doesn't just change, It changes the relationship that people have with the people that create content so if I widen out from, from just the games, um, as an example uh, 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 there's a, 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 a an organization that, that that I've been working with but I won't mention the name because I won't do uh, any any uh, boosting but um, there now people who create social media content, can actually take that off social media and burn it as an NFT. So you go from something that's publisher owned, but you created to something only one person on earth can actually own. I think that's another example I'd put in parallel that entirely shifts the relationship that um, the people who create the content or the people who create the game, which is the players, they may not create the world, but it just entirely changes the relationships people have with, with all these things. Yeah, and I
2: think that's going to be a great conversation in about 25 minutes time when we talk about the film side of things where all of a sudden, a great example just very quickly is you have uh, once upon a time someone makes a short film, maybe it gets into some festivals, but then it doesn't really do anything. You, you don't have anything that you can really do with a short film. NFT comes along and now all of a sudden you can use artwork. You can basically basically make money off a short film and monetize it in a way you could never do before. It's one of a kind and it is one of a kind because that director of, the you know, imagine having Martin Scorsese's short film as an NFT, uh, you know, when he was in film school, something like that didn't exist, you know, five years ago. So I think we're kind of all on that sort of cusp. Uh, I'd love to get your take as well, Ty, just on, uh, on the gaming side though, just going back to what, uh, what Phil and, uh, and Jared were talking about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to actually, we, we've had a few conversations, um, actually with some some pretty big gaming companies. I can I can't mention any names. Um, but but they're definitely very interested in, in moving into the realm of NFTs. And um, you know the, the ideas that we've explored um, is essentially, you know, once these in-game NFTs are set up, then it's like, okay, what can you do with them after that? right? It's all about the utility, right? And, and essentially what you can do, um, and, and this is something that we've we've explored ourselves and, and actually uh, done, um, let's just say, for example, uh, there's some popular Twitch streamer, you know, who, who's playing this game like Call of Duty, for example, and, uh, you know, he's got a Discord um, and he he wants to essentially, um, you know, use these Call of Duty NFTs, just for example, um, you, you know, as a means of like getting access to a specific uh, portion of his Discord uh, channel, maybe a private Discord, something like that. You know, that's just one example. Um, and then what if... Uh, You know, you you can use an NFT to uh, redeem for like some kind of merchandise, you know, from one of the uh, stores from the gaming companies. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can go about this. But um, just introducing the NFTs to the in-game economies in general uh, gives you a lot of different, uh, you know, Web 2.0 functions um, by simply introducing a a very simple Web 3.0 function, the NFT. So,
2: yeah,
6: absolutely. I mean, does anyone else want to jump off the back? And I can see you're nodding, Phil. I was. I have nothing to add. That was perfectly and adequately put. That is exactly it. Yeah. Andy, love to get your take as well.
5: Um, I, I think I, I can speak um, uh, based on my experience with the esports industry. So I'm a chairperson for the uh, Esports Association in South Korea. So what, what, what I do see is that there's an increased adoption for NFTs. You know, for example, like what uh, Jared mentioned, uh, subscription, you know, getting them into a room. Getting them into a very private space it, it is already happening, you know—in the—in the esports space. And—and and the more exciting part about NFTs, you know, is not just about the in-game assets and so forth. It's the ability to share revenues, possible revenues. Uh, this thing actually excites a lot of uh, esports uh, gamers, you know, from uh, from being a very casual esports player to a more professional esports player because they do see that the NFT plus the usage of a cryptocurrency in the game you know can allow them to make decent money you know for, for for just playing games so that 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 could be that could be a very big change you know in the in the space you know when we talk about uh, gaming and so forth
2: yeah absolutely well gentlemen i will make a quick announcement though if uh When we get down to our last 60 seconds, something will come up on the bottom of the screen. I'm going to ask you each a a question, which is uh, I'll I'll wait till it comes up. But basically, when that banner comes up, that means we got 60 seconds. So if uh, if someone's chatting and I jump in, that just means I'm just going to ask the last question. But obviously, Mogul Productions, um, you know, film financing, film production on the blockchain, and we want to give everyone a voice. That's really what Mogul is all about. I'd love to get your take just very briefly on the film side of things and NFT from what you're seeing. Again, is there anything that excites you about, obviously, the film space and NFTs? Um, you know, perhaps, Ty, if you want to jump in.
1: Yeah, actually, um, this is one of the ideas we've had recently. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, you're going back to like the short film um, idea. You know, it, the short films are, are pretty important for, for new uh, directors, producers, things like that. Um, to essentially get their ideas and their, you know, their, um, you know, films out to the public. Um, But what you can do, and you can kind of, you know, uh, experiment with this, but, you know, what if you took uh, the entire short film, and uh, you broke it up into multiple pieces, and each part of the short film is an NFT. And then you can essentially let people own a piece of that short film. um, And so they own, they own a piece of that. And, uh, you know, they could, could either trade it or, Uh, you know buy sell you know however they want to do it but um, obviously if that short film does really well or if the creator of that short film does really well um, essentially you're able to capture the upside of that uh, director creator um, you know future growth and then uh, you know if they do really well hey you know you got a piece of that short film that um, that shows that you were there in that moment in time to collect that piece and uh, and so I think that's really awesome.
2: Yeah. And I I think you're aligned in the right position as well, because generally speaking, you know, a a director or producer does a short film first and then they Mm -hmm. make their way up to a feature film or or a bigger step. So if you're almost getting someone on the way up as an investment, you know, you buy buy low and you sell high. There's a chance that that person will go on to do bigger and better things at some point down the track. Um, Love to get your take, Jared, as well, just on the film side and NFTs.
3: Yeah, you know, this is one of those questions that when it was asked, I'm like, don't ask me first, because I really am still thinking on this. But after Ty said what he said, I honestly, I think that that's really exciting. I think that the what crypto has done and kind of like what mobile is doing and providing that accessibility to all, I mean, maybe you couldn't afford to buy a full stock of Amazon or something like that. You couldn't be a stock trader because of that. You couldn't invest a, a more than a thousand bucks into a single share. But with fractionalization, what Ty is mentioning is really interesting where that can kind of create an opportunity for anybody to be a part of something and start somewhere um, and be part of that growth so i think that that in itself the fractionalization and what ty's got up his sleeve there is really an interesting concept and i'm most looking forward to that type of opportunity
2: yeah absolutely and and the other side of it too is keeping in mind i mean if, if the short film is really good and it's showcasing the talent of the director or the producer it gives you an opportunity then to kind of back them and say, hey, I think this person's going to go on to bigger and better things. I mean, this, as an NFT, is an investment, uh, you know, that's a pretty good indicator. Um, love to get your take as well, Andy.
5: Um, I, I think, uh, you know, we should not just look at, uh, you know, looking at the film, you know, cutting it into different parts and so forth and NFT, it. but if you can look at it from a more creative uh, uh, point, is that within the, the movie or within the film itself, you could actually have some, some sort of NFT treasure hunt, you know, right, right behind the scene, right? So as, as you do the filming and so forth, you could have play some eggs, you could play some, some some sort of a QR code at the back where people watch the movie, appreciate the movie, and at the same time, do a, a bit of a treasure hunt right behind and, and get some really cool collectible, you know, for, for, the, for themselves. So I think that, that kind of a, kind of a gameplay, for example, within the film industry will, will start to change things. This is how i this is how i see uh, nft could work uh, even better you know or or, or slightly more more creative in in, a, in in within a film you know and that would also bring more advertisers more film revenue you know and and the producer the director and the and the actor actresses they will be a lot happier you know when they when they see you know new streams of revenues coming in right that's how. Absolutely. I see it.
2: Absolutely. Uh, quickly, uh, Phil, I might get your take as well, just quickly as well.
6: <laughs> well, um, uh, similar to Jared, uh, the, the film industry is not my expertise, but uh, one of the things that I would say, um, a couple of thoughts that come to mind. One, because of the programmability and the immutability of an NFT, um, uh, uh, the the rights of anybody involved can always be protected, so no one can walk off with uh, someone else's. So it, it, the example being the artwork that's being sold, <clears throat> the, but the, the originator of the artwork still gets some of the money, and in fact this is what happened with Beeple if I'm, I've got my facts right, um, uh, rather than directly selling. So. I think in creative arts in general, the rights of the creator have always been, and the val- and, and valuing the efforts of creators has always been a an issue. And this is what part I think part of the solution for that, which I assume would carry over to to, to this industry as well. The other thing I'd point out is is a little phrase I'll I'll throw out enigmatically: staking is the new following. Um, and uh, you know, for example. One of the things that I'm seeing in one project is that um, uh, uh, people who are interested in content creators are able to actually stake against the future success of those creators in a yep. marketplace, that sort of thing. So, so yeah, I mean, I mean I, honestly, I think we should come back in one year's time and find out that we got some things right and we just didn't see some other things coming in terms of where this is actually going. That's great. Thanks, Phil. Well, guys, the
2: uh, the banners come up. I'm going to give everyone 10 seconds. If you were to go back in time, which iconic movie scene would you like to see made into an NFT? And again, I'm not going to hold you to these answers. You've got about oh, 10 I've seconds. Got mine. <laughs> okay, I'll go straight with you, Phil.
6: <clears throat> Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father.
2: <laughs> it's it's got to be Darth
6: Vader. Great segue for uh, what Rob's going to reveal
1: next. Uh, Ty, what's yours? Off the top of my head, I just think Braveheart for some reason. Awesome answer. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Andy?
5: Maybe Iron Man? Iron Man 1? No.
0: <laughs>
5: how, awesome. how you created the, the, the armor?
2: So. Awesome. Jared, over to you.
3: I have two of them, and I, it had to be like a monumental shift in character development. So it's either the moment when Neo realizes he's a badass and stops time, or the moment that Frodo throws the ring in. That, it has to be one of those two. Mm-hmm they're all great answers they're all great uh
2: listen gentlemen before we move to the next set i just want to say that was a great conversation um you know really enjoyed it but also if you guys want to connect with each other as well uh afterwards i think everyone just is on the same page and really exciting as well to see where nfts are going to go and what the next stage is and and we to having a chat with you from uh from mogul side as well
4: thank you Appreciate
2: thanks it. so
3: much for having me thanks awesome. guys thank you